Hi, and welcome to The Language Lie. A podcast about idioms. I'm Ingrid. I'm Casey. How's it going, Casey? It's so great. I am so happy to be here with you and all of our 13s of listeners. <laughs> you know, I realized at some point there was an episode, I think, that where you... That you hate doing this. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> that you, at one point, you were always the one who asked how, how I was doing, and then I did it once, and you got really mad at me. Oh. And now it's just shifted to I do it. So oh. I did a... I totally power played you, Casey. You did. Thank you. <laughs> This is just proof that I need more therapy. <laughs> and I'm I need... doing well, Ingrid. Let me tell you about my week. <laughs> and I need less therapy because clearly oh. I'm just um, a confident lady. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Who's not afraid to speak first. Wow. Yeah. So progressive. <laughs> we are the most progressive podcast on Spotify. We, we were even... rated most... Pro- <laughs> There's a woman and a man. And we even let the woman speak first. And she speaks first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're um, welcome, world. <laughs> we do what we can for you here, people. So we wanted to start off with doing something for our Patreon. If you guys want to go over there to patreon.com forward slash the language lie, we are doing some language lie after dark episodes. So... They're pervy idioms that we do. Wait, I don't think anyone likes that word, Casey. <laughs> no. I think we've received complaints about no, that word. It has just been you. <laughs> it has just been you. They are racy idioms that we dive into. Um, we also do it naked. <laughs> Casey. <laughs> Videos are available online. We're trying to get our Patreon up. Do it. <laughs> just go belong. We're not actually naked. Uh, oh, Casey, my mother listens to this. I know. I'm just kidding. Okay. Mrs. Ingrid's mom. Mrs. Ingrid's mom. So yeah, go check that out. It's super fun. We're, you know, relax a little after each episode and do that. And those are, they're really fun. I'm, I'm, I'm digging them. They're cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, some of them are a little creepy. Yes. Which true. the last one was a little bit creepy. The last I wasn't, one was a little creepy. I wasn't ready for it to be so creepy. And then I was like, oh, this is creepy. creepy. <laughs> so sorry, I, everyone. I had like full body shivers the whole time we were doing it. I was yeah, like, I don't feel safe anymore. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry about that, everyone. Um, but besides that, they're fun. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I had a little bit of follow-up, which isn't quite follow-up, but uh-oh. you know how my follow-up is. Is it a song? <laughs> yes. I I'm... wrote a song about idioms. <laughs> I hope you wrote the song about idioms because of the two of us. Uh, no, I was working on a book and they were talking about the term gaslighting, which mm. we've mentioned on here a few times. I don't think mostly we've ever... talking about my ex's gaslighting. <laughs> Again, therapy. Yeah, sometimes Casey gaslights me. Mm. Um, I don't no. remember when because I was being gaslit. I'm kidding. Uh, so, but I didn't ever know the origin of it, and it comes from a 1938 play by Patrick Hamilton called Gaslight, which became a film in 1944. I won't get into too much yes. detail, but. Yes, yes. Uh, there's a conniving and murderous husband. I like that definition from dictionary.com who tries to conceal his true identity from his wife. He fiddles with their gas powered lights and tells her they're only flickering in her head. Which is where that term comes from. Whoa. Right. This may be one of my favorite pieces of information ever to come out. Yeah. I, uh, so it's interesting because years ago I was gaslighted pretty hard by some people Mm -hmm. and then it was after a while i heard this term and i was like oh hey that's what happened also why is it that term and i've never looked it up 
Now you know. Hey, I thank had, you, Ingrid. How did I, you stumble upon this? I was in a book I was working on. Oh, got it, got it. That's right. Um, did you say that? Yes. I don't think you did say that. Oh, I said it in my head. I don't think you said it at all. Okay. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Gaslighted. Gaslit. <laughs> and it took me a minute because gaslighting, it takes you a long thing. time to catch up to it. Yeah. So they, I just, they say the meta, metaphorical extension emerges in the 1950s and 60s. It says there's some occasional political use in the 1990s, but the term really rose to particular prominence decades later during the 2016 U.S. election. Then-candidate Trump's campaign and subsequent administration has been confused of gaslighting America for, among other things, labeling, labeling verifiable facts as fake news. Interesting. So there you go. Cool. Well, thanks. You're I welcome. don't think that we should do anything else. I think that today. was a good one, actually. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, cool. So this isn't go- the Patreon. People don't have to pay for this. <laughs> right. The, all the rest of it's on the Patreon. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, hear you have an idiom for us today. I do. And oh my God, this ties perfectly in to gaslighting because, again, to talk about my exes, um, there's a moment when you see the writing on the wall and oh. that's the idiom oh i love it casey yeah this directly stems from the ex that gaslit me Ooh. um yeah and there was a moment where i i saw the writing on the wall tell me what i mean don't tell me what the moment was unless you want to no no nobody needs to hear that okay. yet. no that's also on the patreon <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, I love it. So, do you? I'm sure you've heard this. Have you used it? Yes, absolutely. I don't remember when, but yeah, to to see the writing on the wall means that you. In my mind, it's kind of like maybe this says something more about my personality, but it's like it's the end of something, and you know that it's coming to an end. Sure. You can tell that whatever it is is about to be over, or you could maybe tell something about somebody's personality, like. If something's they, obvious. Yes, if something's something. super obvious. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So the definitions, the strict definitions from what I've heard or from what I've researched on Miriam, Cambridge, and honestly, Urban Dictionary, I think, has the best version of it, which is ironic because they're typically funny. But um, so Urban Dictionary says it signifies that you're specifically figuring something out by reading between the lines of the situation and this realization once made would be foolish to ignore okay cambridge says it is said to mean that there are clear signs that something will fail or no longer exist miriam webster says it's used to say that it is clear that something bad will soon happen okay so it's portentous of doom yes oh my gosh wow (laughs) Merriam-Webster gave a good example. I haven't lost my job yet, but the writing is on the wall. My company, mm. my company just laid off fifty more people today. Yeah, you're gonna lose that job. Just, yeah, it's done. Yeah. Do you know the origins of this idiom? Um. No, somebody. I, no, I don't. I don't at all. Do you? And you're just gaslighting me that you don't. <laughs> oh, if there's ever ever a question, I'm not gaslighting you, Casey. My that's brain, what, I, that's, that's what, what all the gaslighters say. say. <laughs> um, I, I was searching around in my brain trying to think, like, maybe somebody wrote, but no. Okay. It's just very little. Uh, a brief aside. There's a character in a TV show called Community. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Have you ever seen it? I have. Oh, really? I would not <laughs> imagine you that you shocked? would watch Community. <laughs> I actually really love Community. Yeah, Community is great. I yeah. only got into it during the pandemic, and I've always like seen it on, and I'm like, oh, that looks so boring. But they actually do. It is one of those. It it resets after every episode. Essentially, there's like some growth, but like they can do anything they want. They've done like animated version of the, an episode. I don't. They've I don't a, like those. puppets i don't like those either but it's like it's so interesting because you can never do that with who's the boss or the steve urkel show or whatever like it's like there's always like humanity (laughs) involved i don't know what it's called (laughs) family matters there we go so those were really antique examples that you had who's the boss is referenced in community i think that's where i okay anyway shirley bennett uh who's played by yvette nicole brown she is you know her she's sweet and hilarious she always makes brownies and also when she's not participating in greendale community college like shenanigans she's trying to convert every one of the cast members to christianity Mm -hmm. okay so this is how i feel about this episode because this is probably the third idiom that i've researched that's taken directly from the bible like third in a (laughs) row you're trying to co- and I'm trying to convert, convert all of our listeners to Old Testament God, not New Testament God. Whereas Old Testament God. Mine are like hell and Bremfire. It's it's been set up for the opposites of our personality. Yeah. So I just want to apologize for the Bible talk. I had you no idea. You don't mean anything by it. Yeah, I'm not trying to like get everyone to like. Hey, have you heard? Well, I don't think that story you told about Job was really gonna convert anyone to christianity (laughs) everyone's like no i'm good (laughs) cool no no we're good (laughs) well this one might also help unconvert people so this idiom gets its start from the old testament this is when god was mean um, and also noticeably more direct in his actions Hmm. i don't know much about the bible i mean you're it's your favorite book so Mm -hmm. you should tell me but i feel like the old testament god he is very active in humanity. Yeah. And in the New Testament, I feel like it's passive. Yeah. It's... He, he kind of hands things over to other people to do a little bit more often. Y- yeah. Whatever that means. Anyway, so this is this is Old Testament. This idiom comes about during um, Balthazar's feast, which I always thought it was Balthazar. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm misremembering something but this is this person's name is belshazzar belshazzar okay so if you are one of our bible listeners turn to chapter five in the book of daniel oh wow okay you're really you really are getting i'm pandering to our christian listeners (laughs) we're gonna have a weird christian following and they're not gonna understand what's (laughs) happening there's like a homosexual behind a microphone and he just keeps talking about the bible (laughs) we like it it's good to bring people to multifaceted <laughs> aspects of life. Yes. You know? Yeah. No. God created rainbows, so... <laughs> yeah. He creates them all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. 957 BCE, King Solomon built what's referred to as Solomon's Temple, or the First Temple. This is according to Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. This temple was built in Jerusalem. A couple hundred years later, in 586 and 87 BCE, this temple was looted and then destroyed, along with much of Jerusalem. Mm. Kind of torn down. Poor Jerusalem. Just trying to be a town. Yeah. You know? Just hanging out. 
This happened by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar II, who was also who also famously forcibly deported the Jews from Jerusalem to Babylon. Not not great. Also, Nebuchadnezzar, like in the Matrix, the Nebuchadnezzar is the ship, which is like the bringer of hope, essentially. And so to hear this story is weird. Nebuchadnezzar has like a an interesting character <laughs> like this arc. This might be the first like parallel that's been drawn between you're like, but I don't understand why this Bible story doesn't line up with the Matrix. But the the Matrix is based on the Bible and Jesus, there's like a I don't think I've ever seen the Matrix. Okay, well then, so I need you to stop gaslighting me. Anyway, okay. Nebuchadnezzar deported the Jews from Jerusalem to Babylon. To Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar had this son Belshazzar. Belshazzar later on had this great feast. During this great feast, Belshazzar was drunk, got real drunk, okay. and like was just indulgent and self-obsessed with he and his father's accomplishments. It was it was just. A mess. So he was kind of like a trust fund kid. Oh, yeah, essentially. That's a great way to put it. Thanks. And so th- some vessels that were looted from the first temple were were used as wine goblets. After these vessels were desecrated from phrases.org.uk, quote, a disembodied hand wrote, <laughs> a disembodied hand wrote, mene mene tekel a person. This is me speaking Aramaic, so my apologies for anyone that speaks that. But anyway, so this disembodied hand wrote this on the palace wall. Are you doing this because it's we've now entered October and we're back to our Halloween idioms? Yes. Okay. Certainly, that's why <laughs> I chose this one. Uh, so Belshazzar could not figure out what this meant, and he called all of these people, and no one could figure out what it what it meant. And so he eventually sent for Daniel. This is, I don't know if anyone remembers, um, the same Daniel that was thrown into a den of lions Mm -hmm. from the same Old Testament, and he survived. This is a story that I remember from this little book that I had as a kid of, like, Bible stories, and Mm -hmm. it was, like, this nice little drawing of, like, him hanging out with some lions. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. But he survived, and he was protected. Um, So anyway, this same Daniel. From Wikipedia, Daniel reminds Belshazzar that his father, Nebuchadnezzar, when he became arrogant, was thrown down until he learned that God had sovereignty over the kingdom of men. Belshazzar had likewise blasphemed God, and so God sent his hand. Mm. Creepy. Mm. Again. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) But... Couldn't send like the whole body, just so. My question is this: the Adams family. There's the hand. Mm-hmm. That is based this on... a biblical reference? The Adams. There must be so much of the Adams family that's based on biblical stuff. It seems like a twisted kind of thing that they would do. I mean, I'm interested. Yes, and I might do a podcast spinoff just about the Adams family and the Bible. Anyway, I... probably not. Probably would love not. to come on and be a guest. <laughs> I would probably never do that because that's a lot of commitment and <laughs> my follow through is crap. You don't care about the Adams family that much. I mean, it'd be interesting. Yeah. So with Daniel's help, it became clear that the phrase employed elaborate wordplay. So from Wikipedia, I just want to, again, repeat, mene, mene, tekel, a person. So from Wikipedia, the nouns are monetary weights. Mene is equivalent to 
a Jewish mina or 60 shekels. A tekel is equivalent to a shekel, and an apersin means half pieces. Daniel then interpreted the words not just as nouns, mean in in the monetary weights, but then as verbs based on their roots. So mene is interpreted as meaning numbered. Tekel is the root to mean to weigh or to be weighed. And Paris has the root meaning of to divide, meaning that the kingdom is to be divided. So broken down, mene, God hath numbered the kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Paris, thy kingdom is divided and given to Medes and Persians. Mm. So, from the book of Daniel itself, chapter 5, verse 30 and 31, that very night, Belteshar was killed, and Darius the Mede was, uh, received the kingdom. Oh, okay. So they just killed him. So, moral of this story, don't Act like a trust fund kid, guys. Appreciate what you've got. Yes. So many of the usages basically from that time on, especially from the 1600s when I can start using Google's Ngram, mm. uh, through the 1900s were just sermons, speeches, etc. about this feast and about the Bible specifically. There okay. were only a few mentions that were not biblical in nature, but a lot of them sort of like nodded to it. From Wikipedia, one of the earliest known usage of the phrases in English was by Captain L. Brinkmare in 1638, whose report, The Warnings of Germany During the Thirty Years' War, cautioned that the violence there could soon spill over to England. The writing on the wall is also sometimes referred to by the use of some combination of the words mene mene tekel upsharen, mm. um, as they were written on the wall. So a lot of times they'll just shorten it to mene mene. Okay. Instead of That's the writings fun. on the wall. Yeah, which I like a lot. Yeah. We're going to start using that. We're going to be the only two people who know it. Yeah. It's just going to be us. <laughs> yeah. In 1793, an address to the people on the present state of affairs in Britain and in France with observations on the Republic government by Thomas Hardy. The convention have now attempted to the desperate experiment of making all France a vast democratic Republic. The nation is already thrown down into that situation, and all thinking men behold with horror the hand which is writing on the wall, the notices of impending disaster and a lengthened calamity to that great people by making it a democracy. <laughs> Jeepers. Yeah. There's also a treatise on the art of painting, which was published in 1817, which mentions it in a very not biblical way, just sort of a... a Obviously, a reference to it in a more idiomatic way, but less a quote from a Bible. By the 1800s, it starts to move away from the strict biblical sense. And that continues through the 1900s with um, its usage having less and less to do with the Bible. It kind of fades away. Okay. In 1981, George Harrison wrote a song entitled The Writing on the Wall. Mm. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a George girl, and I didn't even know that. Wow. He's, he's my beetle. Wow. Oh, I feel bad. Okay. In 1989, George Jones had the same. In 1999, The Writings on the Wall is an album by Destiny's Child. This is when they had four members. Mm-hmm. Early Destiny's Child. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to say you can choose A <laughs> or B. Oh, my goodness. I don't like choices. Um... I'm going to go with A. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Positive. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Are you trying to steer me in the other direction? No, I just want to make sure. I only chose it because the first initial of my middle name. All right, so I just sent something to you. Could you please read it? (laughs) Now we're going to need to know what B was as well. If I risk it all, could you break my fall? How do I live? How do I breathe? When you're not here, I'm suffocating. I want to feel love run through my blood. Tell me, is this where I give it all up? For you, I have to risk it all. Because the writing's on the wall. The writing's on the wall. That is Writings on the Wall by Sam Smith, which was released in 2015. This was written for a James Bond film Ooh. called Spectre. But also, <laughs> why is that? <laughs> I don't know. And that doesn't sound. That doesn't sound very like. Doesn't sound, saving sound very the world. Bond doesn't sound like a Bond thing. No. Yeah, I've also never really listened to like the the lyrics of yeah. the Bond song, so I don't really know, but. It just seems a little lovey. It seems a little Sam Smithy. Yeah, no, I got, I I was trying to do a different voice than the one that I always do. And then I was like, no, but you fell into, yeah. (laughs) Now I feel like I'm reciting love poetry. Yeah, you are. (laughs) The second version was a 2021 song called The Writings on the Wall, I think, by Iron Maiden. Oh. Uh, That was option B. You really wanted me to do B. Okay, I can get it. I wanted you to do B. It was just a little more dramatic. Yeah. That one was very loving. We don't usually do things that are that loving on this podcast, guys. No. That was a very, very lovey thing. So that's that's the idiom. I love it. Many, many. Many, many, many. I also have an an international idiom here if you would like to hear it. I would love to, Look at who's on top of things. You are on it. This is a Russian idiom. Do you speak Russian? No. I speak Russian. Man, I was really hoping you did. (laughs) There's just this little known thing, this thing you've known me all this time, and you're like, I've never busted out in Russian before. Yeah. (laughs) Hiding it. So I don't know how to say these words because these are letters that I don't understand. (laughs) Just read it in English, I think is best. But the literal translation in English is galloping across Europe, and it means to do something hastily or haphazardly. Mm. Don't do things hastily or haphazardly, guys. Which, geographically, Russia's here and then Europe's here, so it's it's a whole lot of ground to travel. Mm -hmm. That it is. You'd you'd need to gallop. You would need to gallop if you're going to get through it all. Yeah. So that is a Russian idiom for today, galloping across Europe. I like it. I wish I knew how to say it. Any <laughs> Russian listeners, let us know. Yes, send us a voice clip. So I have a things we shouldn't say anymore, which this has up until this point, I think, exclusively been things that are racist in origin. And we can keep that theme. But I found this one in trying to research just things we shouldn't say. And I thought it was so interesting that I'm sure I've used it. And I, so I wanted people to know this. Uh, This is from bestlifeonline.com. It's spaz, S-P-A-Z. Did you know we weren't supposed to say this? No. To many people, calling someone spastic is just an offensive, just as offensive as calling someone the R word. The stigma stems from the word's association with cerebral palsy, a disease that was once referred to as, disease was once referred to as spastic paralysis. Oh, no. I mean, I don't really use that term yeah, often. I don't think it was more of a 90s thing, but... Yeah, also, yeah, I feel like I was a kid when I used it. Mm-hmm. So, 
Wow. All you kids who shouldn't be on here learning about words anyway. Don't As we discussed, word. yeah. Yes. There you go. So cool. do you have some cinnamon for this sweet, sweet angel person? baby? <laughs> I do. This is in our new segment, Cinnamon for a Sweet Angel Baby. <laughs> it was slightly different from the title that we had for me, but okay. <laughs> you came up with that title for yourself. Uh, uh, this is from the good game company it's called idiomatic the game this is synonyms for idioms and now that i have the cards casey has some cards i have some a, cards. i had a lo- i had a long run where it was just me quizzing <laughs> probably casey. over a year yes maybe eight months <laughs> it was pretty long uh i really liked it but now this is a lot of fun uh all right so your first clue is unbolt and cast wide the water overflow doors. Open the floodgates. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm just so excited that I'm actually like not as terrible at this as I thought I was, that I'm trying to go really quickly. Um, wafting in an ocean of qualm. Now, of course, I don't know it. Wafting in an ocean of qualm? Uh, breathing in a breathing a sigh of relief no floating in the <laughs> sea of doubt okay i wouldn't have gotten that yep the king of the jungle's allocation the lion's den the lion's allocation. main the lion's Al- allocation i don't know the lion's share the lion's share oh Okay, never let me say I'm good at anything again. It apparently <laughs> just blows up in my face. I won't let you say it before we do it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but you did great. No, I didn't. It's okay. We're fine. I'll do better next week. I'm going to study. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way I do anything. I am an A student. I'm going to get this on. Okay, uh, so thanks for listening, guys. You can email us with any idiom suggestions at thelanguagelie at gmail.com and like I said our Patreon is over at patreon.com forward slash thelanguagelie you can also slide into our DMs at thelanguagelie all one word on Instagram mm-hmm. and make sure to like follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can rate us and rate us I guess if you want to <laughs> I ruined your flow huh yeah <laughs> alright <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Bye. Thanks, y'all. Bye.